She is a lifestyle blogger, published author, bucket list crosser, and a girl that's a little obsessed with pandas. Her mission? To bring you Utah's most influential people. Each week, Nina will get personal with her guests as they share their messages in hopes to inspire you. Are you ready? Welcome to the Nina Talks Podcast. Michelle has been working with the University Neuropsychiatric Institute for three years. She's a project facilitator for Safe UT, analyzing data, coordinating marketing, and being a liaison for the northern half of the state. Michelle has an MHA from Weber State University and is currently enrolled working on her MBA graduating fall of 2019. I'm so excited to have you on the studio today. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This is so exciting. Um, I'm excited. And then at the same time, just so you guys know, this is going to be, we're going to have some tough conversations today. And I hope that you leave here today learning something new and learning Maybe if you're going through this, maybe learning um, what you can do to get out of the situation or that there is help out there. So, yeah, I'm really excited. So I'm going to jump right in if you're okay with that. So if you don't mind, can you explain to us what Safe UT Crisis is all about? Sure. So Safe UT is a free downloadable app um, that anyone in the state of Utah can use is a statewide service that provides real-time crisis intervention to youth through a live chat and a confidential tip program uh, right from your smartphone or computer. So on the state SafeUT crisis line, our master's level licensed clinician, they are working 24-7 and they respond to all incoming chats and calls and provide supportive or crisis counseling, suicide prevention. They can provide referral services and help Pretty much anything from emotional crises to bullying, relationship problems, mental health, or suicide-related issues. Awesome. Okay, so I have a, a little story to go with this. So up until, I would say, January of this year, I did not know that Safe UT existed. And my son, he goes to a charter school here in Utah, and he came up to me one day, and he was like, hey, Mom, I want you to go to this suicide prevention awareness presentation. And I was like, my heart just kind of dropped a little because I was like, my little eight-year-old child. And I was like, what is going through his mind? Like, why does he think that I need to go to this? Was he, you know, going through something and not telling me about it? Like, what was going through his mind? So I just kind of hugged him a little. And I said, okay, son, I'm going to go. So I went. And uh, it was amazing, like, what I learned in what the resources that you guys have done and what you can do and then come to find out later that you know my son thankfully wasn't really going through anything but he's one of those kids that every time something's happening at school he likes to tell me about it so that's kind of what was going on but I'm glad that now I've learned a little bit about it and I can tell that if maybe there are those signs coming up and I can see maybe he's changing his moods a little bit I know how to help him yeah if you don't mind telling us you know parents out there that are listening how can they help how can they you know know these signs in their children and it starts early it's I didn't think so but I guess it does yeah so I actually brought some statistics with me today 
it's crazy to think about we're in all K through 12 schools in the state of Utah as well as higher ed and we're seeing as young as like first and second grade submitting tips on suicide, bullying, depression. In some of our older grades where we see a lot of like drugs and cutting and more self-harm but our youth know about it and it's it's a really scary thing to think about because you think oh they're so innocent and little and how could an eight-year-old know and so the best thing I could say for parents was um, to be educated about it uh, there's resources everywhere um, not just us there's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline there's um, NAMI which is the National Alliance for Mental Illness so many different resources um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is another one but know your resources and then you're the one who sees your child every single day. If you see a change in behavior, if they're usually quiet and now they're acting out, or if they're acting out and now they're really withdrawn and, and quiet, any kind of mood and behavior change, that could be a sign of like some mental health issues. And I don't want to scare anybody and say that it's they're suicidal right away, but um, it's something to look into. Maybe they're anxious, maybe they're going through a depression or something's going on in their life and really just any kind of withdrawal, agitation, um, if they're sleeping too much or too little, if they're eating too much, eating too little. It's kind of hard to tell because you know your kid best and not everybody is the same and not everyone will show the same signs. Wow. that What an awesome program. And so for the parents out there, then, you said that you get tips from the kids. So how... Would the parents know about this? Is there is there an app then that you would download to your phone, or how would we get notified? So right now, there isn't any notification for the parents. Um, the app is completely confidential, so it is solely between uh, the safety clinician and the student, although parents and educators can also use the app as well. For tips that come in, if it is about you know self-harm, suicide, bullying, things like that, we do send that on to the school and just let the school counselors or administration know that you know this is kind of what's going on. This is what we received. Um, we've handled the situation if it's something to handle, but so you're aware of what's happening in your school. And then it's kind of on administration of the schools if they need to get parents involved or someone else. Things wow, like that. that's amazing. So they can send you those texts and hopefully feel safe talking to you guys about it. Mm -hmm. And then you said that you've handled the situation. So how do you feel like after they talk to you once, they feel better? Or do you feel like they keep coming back? And can you tell? It's I mean, it's anonymous, so you wouldn't really know, but... Yeah, so um, it's actually funny. We do know, we don't get a phone number or anything, but every individual device, um, oh. it just creates like a code. And if that same device is, is texting in multiple times, then it'll all come under that one code. So we can we can see like a history tab or because we have a lot of kids who they'll text in with us and kind of end the conversation and then maybe two or three days later they'll continue the conversation rather than start over so we have to always read through and see you know what were we talking about prior with them but it's kind of both we do have some people who just submit their tip and that's it and we never hear back or submit their chat and then others we probably talk to them on a daily basis and we'll give them advice we'll give them um, referrals if they need like outside therapy help uh, we've done like suicide prevention planning with them and wow. things like that yeah that's wonderful that's so good that this is out there and uh, I feel like especially now with 
social media and the internet, I feel like children have access to so many things out there and there's only so much that a parent can do <laughs> to prevent them or shelter them from, from those situations. So it's good that you guys have this going, which is amazing. So, you know, speaking of suicide, is there ever, I mean, I don't think that anyone ever feels this way, but is there anyone come up to you guys and said, is that too, am I too late, you know, when it comes to preventing suicide on their child or themselves? Is, have you ever come across that? Um, so I do a lot of outreach events and every outreach event, we usually have one or two parents or even teachers saying, I wish I could have done something else and things like that. There is a study that says, um, if someone presents with suicidal ideation, with a plan, a means, everything, it, it takes about 10 minutes between them deciding to end their life and them actually um, dying by suicide. And that's where this app idea really came in. Um, it was legislatively funded in 2015, and it really came from the fact that we need to be that intervention in that first 10 minutes. I do honestly talk to a lot of parents who have children who have died by suicide and that's the biggest question is why and what could I have done and honestly it's really just talking to your kid knowing what's going on in their life being aware of everything really and I know that's really hard and a lot of people are like they kind of brush it off or yeah they kind of brush it off and they you know oh they just got a bad test grade like that's not a big deal or oh so and so just broke up with them not a big deal but to them their frontal lobe isn't built it's not developed yet and so for them that is a big deal and we just need to realize that with our kids our youth like we need to take them seriously and I don't want to bash on generations to pass but with social media we they see a lot and they go through a lot and they take that all in and so really honestly I would just say just knowing your kid knowing your resources talking to them and not being afraid to talk about suicide ask them are you suicidal do we need to get you help um, that's been a really big stigma just nationwide is if I talk about it then they're going to try to do it and mm -hmm. that's totally misconception totally wrong it needs to it needs to be a conversation that everybody has that's that's good you know because I feel like especially in Utah I feel like a lot of children, I'm a little sheltered, I would say, the, you know, the word, I guess, that comes to mind. And uh, um, maybe those parents, they just, like you said, they want they don't want to expose them to that possibility. And uh, like you said, it might cause more harm in the end. And I think I read somewhere that Utah had, like, one of the highest rate for suicide, right? Yeah, so in our youth, um, so ages 10 to 17, it's the leading cause of death in Utah. Gosh. And so, yeah. even in older generations as well, I know we really we really talk about the youth, but this applies to elderly, this applies to adults. It's it's a pretty big deal. And nationwide, it's, it's a big deal. Utah is, I believe, as of late, the fifth um, the fifth highest state for suicides wow. across like the age board uh, so it's great to have this conversation it's good to get the word out so that way at least we're doing our part mm -hmm. you know in a way and then uh, if you don't mind could you share with us about your story and how you got involved with yeah. CPT yeah so um well I was born and raised in Pennsylvania and I had a fairly 
abusive, I should say. I shouldn't even say fairly. I had an abusive ex-boyfriend, and um, there was sexual abuse, emotional abuse, um, eventually physical abuse, really bad. Um, we got also in, dabbled into our drugs, kind of pretty heavy drug use as well, and he... This is going to be morbid, but he left me in an alleyway to die. Um, Yeah. Um, With him, I had, you know, broken ribs. I had my entire face reconstructed. I've had, like, the whole nine yards. So it was really bad. Um, Luckily, a bystander, he just kind of walked past the alleyway, saw me unconscious lying there, called emergency services, the whole nine yards. So... Thankfully, I'm alive. Thankfully, I'm here. I like to joke that you only live twice, so yolt. (laughs) Um, But I moved across the country, moved to Utah, to this little land that I knew nothing about. Um, A, to get away from it. B, also to go to school. But And from pretty much the moment I stepped foot in Utah and I knew about the University of Utah Hospital, I said, that's where I want to work. I want to do something there. I want to help out. And... They had a job opening at the Neuropsychiatric Institute, and I I actually applied to, like, 70-plus positions until someone finally called me. But mental and behavioral health is, is where I want to be. I want to support people. I've worked in um, recovery units. I've worked now in suicide prevention, and I just – it's very personal to me, and obviously. And so, yeah, that's – Wow. It – I didn't really seek it out, but it all came to me, and I'm really grateful that it did. And now it's kind of funny that I, I'm the one preaching, like, get out of these situations and get help and all that. When, you know, for years I was suicidal, I, I'll be honest, I, I'd battled depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder. and But being able to be that opposite person, I feel like it has more worth when I talk to people because mm-hmm. I can say hey, you know, I've lived through this. I know what you're going through. I know what it feels like to feel alone or to feel like you're worthless or nobody would care about you and things like that. And people seem to connect a lot more with that when I can kind of give them that insight. And Oh, yeah. my gosh. You're amazing. Oh, my gosh, Michelle. Huh. You guys, <laughs> she's so strong. I just... Wow, I can't imagine what you've gone through, and uh, for you to be here and you know being an advocate for this cause, I like you said, you have that. It's more meaningful to you, and I can see that because when you talk about it, you just kind of light up, and it, it's such a. I'm so glad that you're doing this, and I'm. Thank you. Uh, it's, I I want to kind of dive a little bit more into that relationship. So you did mention that you were sexually abused, and I feel. Like, so I was in a relationship and a lot of people wouldn't listen to me when you're being sexually abused, but no, you're with that person. So it's not, you know what I mean? It's not, Mm -hmm. you're not being sexually abused. You're choosing to be with that person. So you do what they tell you or whatever, you know, it should be, does that, am I making any sense? So yes. Um, for my own personal experience, and I feel like this is probably across the board, um, I was with a very narcissistic person Mm -hmm. who was charismatic and loving Mm -hmm. and just incredible to the outside eye. So I would talk about situations to my friends or even his friends, and it was 
everything I heard was there's no possible way he would never do that. Like you're lying all of these terrible things about me making up a story. Um, and with the whole narcissism, he pulled me away from everybody I knew and loved. He completely sheltered me, um, even though I was young and I should have had um, all of the support from friends and family. And don't get me wrong, I did. But he made sure that he had enough blackmail on me that I could not leave. Wow. He had enough control over me that I couldn't speak to anything. Um, and it really took until like the physical violence started that it kind of opened up the eyes of a lot of people around me. But even afterwards, I still, I lost most of my friend group because I was a liar and I made this up and I'm trying to get him in trouble. So I, I wouldn't do what I did and move across the country. I mean, it helped in my situation. It got me out of there far, far away. But use the resources talk to people um, who love and support you and just continue to push for that and get out of that situation I would say um, there is a national domestic violence hotline it's uh, 1-800-799-7233 and Utah has an incredible domestic violence coalition they will take you in they'll take your family in um, so if you like have kids that you you're afraid to leave. They will do everything in their power to get you shelter and away from any situation. So I would highly recommend using your resources. Wow, that's wonderful. I feel like a lot of people that maybe might be going through this or have gone through this in the past, maybe they just didn't know that there was resources out there. Or like you said, they would tell others and uh, people didn't believe. And that's so crazy to me. That's so, it's so similar to things that I've gone through. And uh, it's crazy that these things happen to like nice people. And every day you wouldn't know, you yeah. wouldn't know. And that person could be the happiest when you walk by them, but you, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So huh, it's great that Utah has such a great initiative to help those people. Oh my gosh, Michelle, you're awesome. This is so, <laughs> Wow. I'm so inspired, and I hope that you guys are taking notes. And even for yourself, if you're thinking, oh, wait, this might be what I'm going through, but maybe you haven't realized that because, like she mentioned, you know, the person is so nice and so sweet and does all these things, but then behind closed doors, they might be treating you wrong. Get out. <laughs> There's help out there seriously get out and it might be hard at first sure especially if you have kids that's got to be hard and then but once you're out I mean it's the best decision oh you see a new light once you're out and yeah. and if you're listening to this I just want to stress no situation is too little um if you're listening and you're like oh but he doesn't beat me or she doesn't beat me because it happens to mm -hmm. both genders um just know that Emotional abuse oh is just as as bad. It's the manipulation, the control. That is just as serious as a physical or sexual violence as well. So if you feel that something at all is wrong, call the, the hotline, call a friend or family member, just call someone for support and talk to them and just, yeah. No, it's good because... Um, 
I mean, I've been in a relationship before where the person was emotionally abusive to me and people didn't believe me. They're like, oh, that's nothing. You're, is that person hating you or whatever? I'm like, no, but they're like, oh, so it's just words. That's nothing. I'm like, no, sometimes to me words hurt more than, you know, physically. So I'm like, you can't, like the person can't tell you what to do or what you're thinking about. This is, this should be coming out from you and what, how you're feeling. So it's insane how other people out there try to kind of, tell you what to do in the situation so please listen to michelle listen to what she's telling you because it's real and it gets worse mm -hmm. if you don't get out so get out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get out so you did mention mental health so i've heard this before and i've heard a lot of people tell me that mental health is not an illness it's you know people are crazy when they talk about you know mental health can you tell can you kind of dive into that a little bit more and tell us from your you, you guys have done researches, so you know this mm -hmm. topic. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes. Um, I will definitely stress mental health is just as important as physical health. Um, that whole, I've got the flu, I need to see a doctor, it should be the same thing. If you are feeling agitated and, and depressed or anxious or even suicidal, please, 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 it is important to see a doctor. Um, a lot of family doctors and just like general practitioners are now trained in mental and behavioral health or they can refer you to like licensed psychiatrists or um, therapists and things like that but it is very important we see cases every single day I would probably say the majority of suicides that happen across the nation have some sort of diagnosable mental illness um in the background of their lives and it can escalate and that's the scary part is if it's not treated it can get worse and we definitely need to take this more seriously um, I know that in just the last few years it kind of became a hot topic of discussion but everything that mental health related is preventable just like the flu is preventable just like colds are preventable you can control all of that um, and if you don't care to be on medications there's other ways there's therapeutic talking that you can talk out all of your issues you could do a meditation sequences there's tons of different studies that you can do to combat mental illness without having to be like you know heavily medicated or hospitalized or things like that but we definitely do need to break the stigma um, as I mentioned earlier a lot of people um, feel like if we talk about it then it's going to cause it and that is so, so, so untrue. It needs to be the total opposite. The more we talk about it, the more normal it will become. And we'll be able to actually understand feelings and situations and empathize with people and get people the help that we need. And No, that's great. Um, opioids, I feel like that's also another topic that goes hand in hand with mental health. And uh, I don't know if it's true either, but I've heard that Utah has a pretty high... Yes, um, you know opioid abuse so I feel like a lot of people maybe that's kind of what's going through their head they're afraid of going to a doctor or something because they don't want to become addicted mm -hmm. to that opioid um, so how do we get that out of their minds how do we get them to stop thinking that way so I don't really know how to get them to stop thinking that way again it's such a big stigma but doctors are you're always allowed to say no to a doctor um 
for example, I had a dislocated shoulder and immediately the doctor wanted to prescribe me like Oxycontin and Percocets. And I was like, absolutely not. A, obviously I've had a history of drug abuse, so I don't even want to pretend to dabble into that. But B, it was a simple dislocated shoulder. I mean, it was painful, don't get me wrong, but ibuprofen helped just as well as any of these big painkillers did. And um, so you always are allowed to say, you know, I don't want that. I think that's too much for me. And just, again, educating yourself, educating yourself on resources. If you are prescribed opioids, make sure to take the um, controlled dosage. Don't overdo that. And talk to your doctors. Say, you know, is this really as much as I need? Sometimes they'll prescribe like a 30-day supply, and you might just need like the first couple days. And um, if you do have opioids or any really prescription medicine and it's kind of just sitting in your medicine cabinet there are so many different um, harm reduction sites that you can go to and dispose of that properly where it won't get into the hands of the wrong people or you know kids and that's kind of where a lot of drugs start is they they open that medicine cabinet that's kind of just sitting there untouched and nobody's monitoring that Um, and then People who are, you know, afraid to talk to a therapist or afraid to do all of this stuff, it might cost too much. It's now mandatory um, that insurance covers mental and behavioral health. So definitely talk to your insurance provider. Most likely they have um, recommendations of therapists, psychiatrists, recovery centers, someone who can take your insurance. Um, And if you don't have insurance, a lot of places will work with you still as I mentioned I work at the U and we're incredible at taking whoever and I'm sure Intermountain as well. Mm-hmm. Do the doctors I'm sure there's when a person for example has had a drug abuse um, history do the doctors somehow have that information that they can pull it up and based on that they can make their decisions or not really it's just kind of based on the patient telling the doctor about it. If the patient has ever been seen and mentioned this to a doctor, um, it would be put into their chart. However, like in my case, because I'm from out of state, uh, the first time I ever went to the doctor, they had no idea that I was a ghost to them. So it is something you'd have to disclose to your doctor. But once you do, um, they can put it in your chart and then any further medical history they would be able to see that and, you know, make those decisions such as, you know, I've told my doctors um, prior I had Intermountain Healthcare. Now I've got um, the U Healthcare, but both charts say, you know, I've got a prior drug abuse. And so it's best not to have that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think maybe it's the U, but the U has a center, right, that a person, if they're going through even mental illness, they can check themselves in, right? Mm-hmm. How does how does that work? Do they need to be going, do they need to have that history so they can go and check themselves in or just whenever they feel the urges, I guess? <laughs> so I can't really speak to Intermountain because I've never worked there, but I'm sure that they have it as well. Um, a lot of ERs have a therapist on call or psychiatrist on call so you can go to pretty much any ER um, in the state and the nation and just say you know I need help I'm m- maybe feeling suicidal maybe really really depressed but um, 
and they can do 24 hour holds, 72 hour holds, whatever they feel is proper, but they'll get somebody to talk to you and kind of work out um, things and have plans as well in motion. Um, at uni, at the Neuropsychiatric Institute, uh, they actually have they have this call, thing called the Receiving Center, um, and anybody can go into there. They've got a whole team of licensed clinicians um, at, at the ready, and again, they can talk to you, and if they feel that you know it's necessary for you to be inpatient, they can do that right then and there. If they just need to make a suicide uh, prevention plan or something like that, they can do that. Um, they're really good at working with families, so... We have a lot of parents who will bring in their kids or um, spouses who will bring in um, their significant others and go through that whole process. But you can also, obviously, you can use the app to talk to a licensed clinician um, if you wanted to avoid you know, ER fees and things like that. We also have uh, mobile crisis outreach teams. They are just a free phone call and a licensed clinician and a peer specialist who most peer specialists have been through some sort of um, mental or behavioral health situation. They can come straight to your door, your work. We've gone to parks before, gas stations, mm -hmm. but you can call them and request their services and then they'll just come out and they can sit and talk with you. Again, wow. they can make the plans or if they feel that it's a pretty serious situation, they can then escort you to the local hospital or wherever you'd like to go. Wow, that's wonderful. So, you know, it, it's we have a lot of resources in Utah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them, and it's crazy. I feel like a lot of people don't know that we have these many places that you can go to and get the support that you need. And then, uh, I guess going back to the opioids and the drugs, is there a place for that, that um, like a recovery maybe type where almost like, I don't know if it's kind of similar to the AA support group, but did they have something similar to that for the drug abuse? Yeah, so um, again, can't speak to Intermountain, but for the University Neuropsychiatric Institute, we have um, Recovery Works as well as just the Recovery Clinic, um, both of which are geared toward substance abuse um, as well as prevention. They do daily um, support groups and that could be anything from like Narcotics Anonymous to support for families um, we even have one that's strictly families to come in and kind of discuss their child or their spouse or whoever it is in their family and how it's affecting them so that would be without the person who's actually abusing the whatever opioid or drug it might be but yeah we do have a lot of groups and for people who are maybe withdrawing we um that receiving center can do a lot of that information as well they can come in and detox and all of that good stuff awesome that's wonderful and i guess the other thing that i guess i haven't mentioned yet is there so I feel like the LGBTQ community, sometimes they don't feel like there's enough support for them and, you know, they kind of feel left out. Mm -hmm. Do you Have you come across that or is there, I mean, it's kind of, they're getting the same help and, you know, obviously you guys are helping them, but do you feel, is there like something a little bit different towards them that maybe might be able to help them? Is there a community or something that they can go to? Yeah, so I would highly recommend... Um, 
the Utah Pride Center, as well as Encircle, that's E-N-C-I-R-C-L-E. Um, both are across the state, but they are incredible for LGBTQ plus resources. Um, we b- do actually work with both of them. We go to um, all of their events. We were just at Queer Prom last week, and oh we've done Mass Queer Aid and all their different fun um, events, dances, anything that they are willing to have us at. Um, but specifically for LGBTQ plus um, youth or adults, they they cater to everybody. Um, I would definitely recommend those. They also have um, clinicians on their staff that can talk specifically to um, situations that they might be feeling. So um, if, a, let's say, a trans youth would rather talk to another trans clinician they can do that and that way they have more of a personalized experience great no that's good that's good to know um and i know that pride is pretty big here and they always mm-hmm. have events coming because i think there's one coming up right the walk yeah june 2nd and 3rd i believe okay yeah so i know that's pretty big mm-hmm. so will you guys be there as well we sure will okay. we have a booth set up so feel free to come visit us we'll have some fun swag and cool prizes and things Awesome. Okay, we'll make sure to do that. And then uh, so I'm going to switch things up a little. Okay. I know we've gotten, I hope that so far you guys have learned a lot of inf- good information and information that you're going to take home and share with your friends, share with your family members, and just share it everywhere. Just let's put the word out there. But I'm going to switch things up a little bit. And uh, if you don't mind, Michelle, tell us, you know, about do you have a bucket list and uh, maybe a few things that you'd like to complete on it? Oh, my gosh. My bucket list is extensive. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I could never choose, like, three things that I want to do. Um, I want to – oh, my gosh, this is so difficult. I want <laughs> to step foot on every continent. Um, for those who know me, I am a – avid traveler. I've been all over the world and I just want to continue that. Um, I recently completed my bucket list item of skydiving. So now (gasps) I want to be, I want to go hot air ballooning. I've never been (gasps) on a hot air balloon. That's awesome. Right. And I see them across Utah all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I just barely took up scuba diving. So now my goal for this year is also to scuba dive like a shipwreck, a plane wreck, all of that fun stuff. Um, I also really want to get my pilot's license. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, stop with all of your degrees and things. But <laughs> once I finish my MBA and I actually can have a life again, I that's my next big goal, I think, is to uh, fly planes. I've done the, some intro flights, and I've, I've adored it. I, I'm, like, such a travel junkie, and I want to be out of this world and – yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, you know, she's a girl after my own heart because, as you guys know, I have a huge bucket list. So, we'll just um, do it together. We'll have to do it together for <laughs> reals. I think it's it's so fun to complete things on your bucket list. I feel like it gives us, not that we don't have a purpose in life, but I feel like it gives us that motive to just keep doing life and keep having fun. So, absolutely. You get that pilot's license and you take us around. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be the first one I yes. fly around. Are you doing are you thinking like commercial or just like the small private planes or what are you thinking here? Um, so 
I'm thinking private pilot's license, but for females, they actually have a really awesome scholarship program for oh. commercial, um, where they'll you'll get trained for both private and commercial, but then you also get like all of it for free. And I think you have to do like a couple of years worth of like flying commercially. So it really depends oh. on the money situation maybe, but. I mean, I that would be really cool just because he can travel I w- everywhere. Exactly. Like, I want to go here. Let me fly out. Yeah. <laughs> I could get paid to fly and then get paid to travel. Like, isn't that a dream yes. come true? That's definitely a dream come true. <laughs> That's amazing. Just throw my degrees out the window. There though. you go. Be like, <laughs> you don't need me anymore. I'm going to fly. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Michelle, this has been so cool. So we're going to take a quick break, though. And then when we come back, I'm going to test your knowledge and... Uh, we're, we're just going to play a fun game here. So we'll be right back, guys. According to U.S. News and World Records, 80% of New Year's resolutions fell by February. Are you part of that 80%? I personally think that there's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, the things that I have heard is that you don't have time, the gym is expensive, you don't know what you're doing, and you're just tired. And guess what? There is a solution for that. What I recommend is work out from your own home. Start with body weights and, uh, you know, body weights work out until you feel like you are confident enough. And it doesn't cost you a lot of money too, because I feel like a lot of people have that as their excuse. You know, it's expensive. I don't want to drive somewhere. And you end up just being at home. Here's the cool part of body weight workouts. You can actually get certain equipments to help you out, such as dumbbell, resistance bands, or just yoga mats and practice yoga. There are so many things that you can add to your home that will help you get that really good workout. My favorite one-stop shop, which happens to be one of our sponsors, is prosourcefit.com. This is where I get all of the equipment that I need at home and just on the go, you guys. I take my resistance bands with me everywhere I go, as well as my yoga blocks and my yoga mat. But I recommend you checking them out just because they have some really good products and everything is pretty reasonably priced. You're not expending a lot of money. And remember, this is not, you know, a gym where you're spending all this money monthly and you kind of build your own little gym at your house. So I think it's fun. I think it's a great solution for a lot of us that just feel like we don't have the time to, you know, go to a gym. And the fun thing is that Nina Talks listeners actually get a 15% off discount from their website. So all you have to do is go to www.prosourcefit.com and use code Nina Talks. 15 at checkout and that will give you 15% off. Again, that's www.prosourcefit.com and you use your code N-I-N-A-T-A-L-K-S-1-5 at checkout for 15% off. Thank you again to ProSourceFit. And we are back. Okay, Michelle, I hope you're ready for this. I... This has been the funnest game that I've been playing with all my guests, and it's been interesting to see what they know about their state, even though, like you said, you're not from Utah. Maybe you've lived here long enough to kind of know some of these questions. Okay. So I'm going to start with an easy one. Um, What is the Utah State's nickname? Um, 
nickname. Is it like the Beehive State? Yes. Yeah. Woohoo. That's a, that's a good one. Some people don't know that, but I'm like, that's kind of obvious-ish, right? I literally looked out the window and saw <laughs> the sign. Like, what is it? Oh, is there a sign out there? Well, it's like the highway sign that has like the oh Beehive logo. Oh my gosh, logo. that is so true. <laughs> okay, now you just gave my guests some... <laughs> Next time they come, Always they're like, I'm going to look out the window. <laughs> Okay, so the next question that I have for you is, what is the Utah State fruit? Fruit? Uh-huh. Um, well, it's not potatoes because that's a vegetable in Idaho. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to just take a wild guess. Is it a, an apple? A banana? I don't know. <laughs> Good guess. Nope. So <laughs> it's actually the cherry. Really? Yeah, it's not random, but I mean, even to me, it took me a minute to be like, what? And then I used to live up in the avenues, and there was cherry trees, like, everywhere. Really? Like, especially in the summer, you can kind of just go and pick with, like, your buckets and stuff. It was awesome. That is so cool. I had no so, yeah. idea. And uh, they're really delicious around, like, farmer's market time, by the way. They're mm. really good. Oh, it's farmer's market time. I'm so excited. Okay, so what is the Utah State official tree? Oh my gosh, you're killing me. <laughs> um, the uh, aspen. Oh my gosh, that's actually true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good job. No, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the <laughs> first tree guess. that came out to mind. <laughs> that was a really good guess. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the next one is uh, what is the Utah State animal um uh is it like an elk it is an elk yeah are you serious yes you're right it's the rocky mountain elk the rocky it's perfect okay you from not being from utah you're doing really good i need to go like play the lottery right now because you got it this is really good my guessing game is strong yeah three out of four that's pretty good (laughs) thank you Awesome. Okay, and then the last thing I want to ask you, it's more of a preference thing. Um, do you like fry sauce? Do I? Yes, I do. Yes. I, I never knew what fry sauce was until moving here, but it's pretty delicious. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place that you go to that has, like, the best fry sauce? The be- um, I, I don't think so, in all honesty. I tend to just get fry sauce everywhere. Yes. I don't really know the favorite. Do you have a favorite? No, but I did have a guest here that said that Sonic has a really good fry sauce. So I'm going to have to go there and test it out because she's like, oh, it's delicious. It's that's like really good. That's so interesting because it's not even like a Utah-based place. Like right? Sonic is nationwide. Yeah. So. yeah, so I was like, oh. okay, I guess I'll test your theory soon. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I It was actually really funny because back east I would make fry sauce. <gasps> But yes. not know that it was fry sauce. I just no always way. liked to mix the condiments. And then I moved out here and I was like, hey, can I get some of that? And people were like, it's called fry sauce. And I was like, no way. This is unheard of. <laughs> like, okay. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. But it is true because I traveled to Missouri and this was like years ago. And I was like, hey, can I get mayonnaise and this and this? And the waiter was just like looking at me so disgusted. She's like, what is this? I'm like, it's called the fry sauce. Mm-hmm you should try and she's like no thanks (laughs) yeah it's like such a weird kind of combination and now 
I think it's like Heinz is making mayo chuff. Yes. And I'm like, hello, have you never lived in Utah before? Come uh-huh. on. <laughs> you can't <laughs> advertise awesome. mayo chuff. It's fry right? sauce. It's fry sauce. So maybe they'd get in trouble if they named it fry sauce. Maybe that name is like a Utah Ooh, Utah name. Like I don't know, like something. a trademark or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this has been so much fun. And before we go, though, if you don't mind just kind of sharing a little bit, maybe a message about Safe UT or anything else that you might want to share with our listeners. And then also all of your socials so we can go stalk you after this. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so for Safe UT, again, I think the biggest message to take away is talk to someone, get help. Um, you can download the app and talk to somebody or you can use your own like therapists, psychiatrists, hospitals, whatever it is, get the support, get get some help because it's not a small problem. It's not going to go away. And we need to talk about it. We need to break that stigma. Um, if you have any questions or need more information, you can visit safeut.org. Um, and Nina will link that for you guys. Uh, as for socials, for my own personal sh- socials, that's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E underscore Kovsky, K-O-V-S-K-Y. Um, and that is Instagram, Twitter. Um, my Facebook is just like Michelle Hudrakovsky, but it's a really hard name to spell. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Safe UT, it's Safe underscore UT, and that's um, for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, and please come back. Oh, thank you for having me. I would love to come back. Yay. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.